Do you wanna play a game? Do you like scary movies? Do you wanna eat some brains? Is your chainsaw arm groovy? How bloodthirsty could a talking plant be? Eat your liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Come play with us forever, cause down here we all float. I never drink wine, so you're gonna need a bigger boat. Or a throat to choke, whether you're in the prim or dairy. Got red rum where your blood from, put your dead son in the cemetery. It's him or carry, be very afraid. You'll be our number one fan and get carried away. All working, no play, you know it always means you're in trouble, son. I came to chew gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. What if Quint killed Jaws' his father? What if the Bob's body was marijuana? What if the leprechaun got a job as a bank guard? What if the Wolfman had a cowbell instead of Every ours? Every scary movie made since Oscar Wilde was writing letters Had canon to watch them all and tell you how to make them better So put your earbuds in and forget what you're planning It's time to take our heads and shoot them out of a cannon 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 Welcome to Head Cannon. Tonight we have a very special guest, one of our favorite guests. You haven't been on in a while. Uh, we're glad to have you back, glad to talk to you. And uh, Nicole Drews, how are you doing this evening? I am doing good. Yeah? Yes, despite despite a tiny headache. A tiny doing great. <laughs> well, we'll try. I'll, we'll, I'll try not to be too loud or anything. <laughs> yes, it's 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 okay. It can't be helped. Can't be helped. I'm almost forty-one. I it, it can't be helped. <laughs> right. I'm, I give an excuse. <laughs> I mean, you could literally could back into someone and say it's because I'm forty-one, and they would be. They'd have to understand. That's right. You have to. I mean, I, I'm, I'm so sorry. I can't. I, you know. Yeah. The way of the world. Yeah. I'm <laughs> no accountability. That's right. Well, we were we were talking a little bit about the. Um, I, I had to think. I was like, wait, how many days are in uh, October? Thirty-one, though, right? So thirty-one. Right? <laughs> the thirty-one days of Halloween. Um. So so is this the third year you've done it, or the fourth year? Fifth. Fifth year, Jesus, yeah. Fifth year, yeah. yeah. I know, which is crazy. It's crazy that it's already reached year five. You know, I've been doing. I switched over to to makeup and and uh, special effects and props um, about nine years ago. Um, but the the thirty one days of Halloween, um, I've been doing for five years now, which is nuts. You know, that is nuts. The, the, the fun part. Well, I don't know about fun. Just can't really think of a good adjective here but uh i'm supremely aware of what day it is naturally when october rolls around because right. you know so i anytime somebody's like oh gosh what is today what is today the 11th the 12th what, what is it and i'm like oh it's it's the 11th trust me <laughs> you know i have to like i have to make sure i know what day it is yeah and so now, do you adhere to a strict schedule like is this all planned out and well, do you do you ever like think I don't really feel like that today? Do you switch them at all? Well, um, and then typically, so, so this this past year, like I was telling Corey, um, I sort of uh, I did everything sort of at the eleventh hour, so I was sort of scrambling like about um, about a week ahead um, uh, uh, of each week in October. But typically, 
when I when I do it normally, which is that I have everything sort of done months in advance. Um, yes, I very I have a very sort of strategic like uh, order that I want to post everything. Um, and I, I sort of I, I, I adhere to a kind of like um, the notion of like a fireworks display kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Where like you have fairly simple in the beginning, maybe a couple razzle dazzle shots here and there sprinkled throughout. And then obviously as it gets closer to Halloween, um, the more complicated the makeups get. And hopefully you have like a grand show supper by the last three and certainly by the very last one. Um, and so, yes, I am very particular about what order I post shots in this year because I was sort of, you know, um, behind the eight ball um i uh, i was a little limited to which portraits i had finished already um but because i i had about a week's worth of like leeway um there were a couple that i could um sort of put a pin in and i was like okay i could hold off and yeah. and, and save that one for later yeah um and then naturally too sometimes i'll get through an entire I'll have completed the makeup, completed the photo shoot, um, loaded it up onto my computer, you know, gone through all the contact sheet and everything, selected one. Um, and then I still look at it and before it's posted, go, I don't like this. And so I will completely like archive it and I'll be like, well, now I have to do another portrait because I'm missing one, oh, and, wow. which happened this year. Like there were, there were two that I did that I was like, I don't like these. That's <laughs> and <fun>. so, <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe they'll resurface one of these days, but as for now, they'll never see the light of day. And I'm just sort of like, yeah. I, and it's not even necessary. I mean, I'm sure if I posted them, people would be like, I don't know what you're talking about. There's nothing wrong with these, but for my standard, I'm sort of like, I don't like it. <laughs> so yeah. I changed it. And they're all, all of them are always so amazing. It's funny, like, you've done this for five years. It's got 155 different characters. And I remember, like, halfway through the five years or so, like, messaging you, I think, and was like, dude, you should try it. You would be awesome. Would be like, And I've seen them all. I've seen them all. But you were like, yeah, I did that. I did that one already. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, because I have the 31 days of Halloween, but that is just isolated to October mm -hmm. prior to even starting 31 days. And, and also during the years of doing 31 days, um, I, I have other makeup series um, yeah. that I've done. And so, and so inevitably, obviously uh, there are some characters that even though they haven't shown up in October, I've already done. Um, and I had a friend just message me actually recently who asked, you know, do I ever repeat? And I'm assuming that she meant, do I ever repeat characters? And I explained that I try not to. Um, and I think maybe the only one I've ever repeated was, and I mentioned this to her, David Bowie as the Goblin King from Labyrinth, because years ago when I was just starting out, I had just wanted to try the makeup. And so I think like on my, like I, I put the makeup on, um, and then took a photo on my phone and then posted it. And I was like, you know, just wanted to try this out or whatever. And then I was two years ago, maybe, maybe even last year, um, coming around to thinking of another entry that I could do for 31 days. And I was like, you know what? I'd love to try in earnest now that I have some experience under my, under my belt is the Goblin King again. And so I, I did that one again. And to to my memory, that's the only one I 
can think of that has ever repeated, which is pretty crazy. There are certainly ones that I look at now, you know, earlier on that I'm like, oh, I should probably try and redo that one. <laughs> They're all great. Well, yeah. thank you. It's amazing. <laughs> Remember, I've even asked you before, like, where are you in that? You know, like, you've, like, constructed this amazing thing around yourself. And it's like sometimes you're, you just have like disappeared into it. Yeah. Well, yeah, and obviously, and obviously, you know, some of the shots too. Like, typically, it's 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 me in front of a backdrop, um, and then the ring light sort of poised, and uh, and so I'm very heavy handed, obviously, with my application because I can be. The ring light sort of diffuses everything, lovely, brilliantly, you know, and um, and so by the time I get to the get in front of the camera it doesn't look as severe um and honestly it does such a good job at diffusing sometimes i've been in front of the camera and gone oh that's not showing up enough and so i have to like shut everything off for a second go back to the mirror <laughs> and yeah. reapply um but uh, but obviously things where like i have to create sort of an illusion or i have to disappear behind you know all of my masking like or have the half masking or whatever that i'm wearing um the lighting setup gets changed, obviously, you know what I mean? And so I, I, I have to make sure that the ring light is not straight on me. Um, uh, I have to make sure that, you know, if I have like fill lights, like they're positioned very particularly, my overhead lights are at a certain level. Um, everything is so, so I, and obviously I, I match my masking to my background and all of that. So it literally just looks like I'm fading into, I'm just sort of this amorphous, whatever and then whatever i've constructed gets to be seen like large marge for instance you know what i mean where i was like i, I constructed yeah. the large marge pieces mm -hmm. and i was like okay i have to sort of disappear behind this so i put on like a full face um balaclava you know with like a turtleneck and i have like i'm in all black under there and then and then in standing in front of a black background and I barely have any lights on no, the ring lights down to like level one, that kind of thing. You know, and I think I had like one fill light, like turned like at a very particular angle in the corner just to get a little bit of spill. And, and I was like, okay, that's enough light, right? Yeah, that looks good. Okay. Yeah. You know? And I was like, I want to, I want people to see what I constructed. Mm -hmm. um, but I couldn't be seen. And so I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and for anybody listening, you know, if you want to check out um, Nicole the Bruce on Instagram or Facebook or Nicole, was it Nicole the Bruce Design? Um, yeah. I mean, virtually every everywhere on social media, uh, it's Nicole the Bruce. Um, and the only sort of little um, button is on Facebook, which is Nicole the Bruce Design. Okay. But if you you go searching for Nicole the Bruce, you will find me. <laughs> yeah, and it's, and and it's and it's yeah through makeup and sometimes prosthetics. Like you make your own face as all these insane characters, and it, they all look spot on. And I'm just I'm on Instagram right now just to refresh my memory. But some of them, the the ones you did this year, I mean, it's Two Face Isma from um uh the what's the cartoon what's it called emperor's new, emperor's new group yeah like that one is just insane jessica rabbit uncle fester skeletor count chocula just like great jessica rabbit yeah oh my gosh thank you can I, can, I, can I just say that people have asked me all the time about like behind the scenes like they want to see me like how how do i how do i how do i apply the makeup mm. but for jessica rabbit i gotta say you don't 
you don't need to see how I put the makeup on. Like, it's actually sort of boring. It's because it, <laughs> what I actually had to do for the face, believe it or not, wasn't all that outstanding. What I really should have been like recording was the photo shoot because it was one of the most uncomfortable and miserable photo shoots I have ever experienced. I had to, so, so those are my real boobs, but obviously my boobs just aren't as quite outstanding. So I had to like draw like higher cleavage. So, so the bosom looked much larger Um, and then very strategically like contoured and highlighted you know what I mean? So it picked up all the shadows and, and light and whatever. But, and then the wig, obviously, like both eyes were done. I put makeup on both eyelids, but I knew that like the wig would be covering one eyelid. And so I'm, I'm taking all these photos, but I had to like pose at a certain angle, like tilt my head just so, so like the half wig would fall in front of the eye, but not show too much of the, of the other eye. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And yeah. Um, and I had like crazy lip gloss on to get that like high sheen on my like lips. So they looked really cartoony. But then as I was tilting my head, some of the wig would like catch to my lipstick. And so I was constantly like prying it apart and like making sure that like it was like back in like it's nice little like Veronica Lake drape kind of thing. <laughs> but then like, but I couldn't like punch over too much while I was tilting my head because then you would miss all of like the great bosom action. So I had to like. <laughs> stick my chest out but I couldn't stick my chest out too much because then like the fabric that I was wearing would like fall and drape incorrectly and and then I had to like move my shoulder just down enough so like my neck was extended I was like oh my god this sucks (laughs) but I'm so glad that the picture turned out good and you know I never do like sexy characters so it was really fun to sort of go go big or go home for like probably one of the sexiest characters ever right so, no doubt. are you the one taking the picture you're the always the one and i'm that's also the taking the photo it. yeah that's the thing too, right and like that's i had to nuts. make sure that like my arm was in the right position but i also like <laughs> over here off camera i'm like holding the trigger so i can like take the photo it, it was i mean like yeah like i i usually do that but it's not ever that big of a deal um yeah. But for Jessica Rabbit, I just I had to get the angle right, the iconography, and 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 I You're I right. knew I knew what I wanted, but like to get there was uncomfortable and awful and miserable. <laughs> that would have been one hell of a behind the scenes thing. That that, that yeah. yeah. I'm sorry you Definitely missed that. To, to sort of see sort of like the the minutia and the nuance of like everything I sort of yeah. put myself through. <laughs> Just to get that, like, all I need is one. I just need one good shot. And yeah, just, like, time after time of blooper reel of, like, the, the hair getting stuck in your lipstick would have been very funny. And it was the last, like, so, so so contorting my body, that was all miserable. And then the last thing that I needed that I didn't even anticipate was the wig getting stuck to the lip gloss. And I was like, are you shitting me right now? Yeah. yeah, and so I had a couple shots where like everything was right except for like there was like these weird like flyaways and clumps like stuck yeah. to like this part of my face, and I was like, oh no, <laughs> you know, and 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 the thing too, obviously, is that like if I have like if I have like one or two like little tiny things, do you know what I mean? I will I will correct those. Um, in post, but that's as far as oh. I'll go. I don't want anything to alter the makeup I've done. Yeah. Um, and, 
uh, I mean, because what's what's the point? The whole the whole impetus for all of this is to showcase what I can do with makeup. It does me absolutely no good if I'm if I'm Did photoshopping. You, yeah, yeah, you know. So, but like, yeah, but you know, sometimes I'll have like an errant mark, or like sometimes like I'll have like a little makeup smudge, just because like I'll touch my face and something will smear or whatever, and I'm like, well, I'm not redoing all of this makeup just because of that one little, you know, right, butsy thing or whatever. <laughs> and so, you know, well, but yeah, I- I'm telling you, you know, when, when you do it next year, you've got to befriend a, a 19 year old college student or something to come document the whole thing and tiktok it throw it up on tiktok i'm telling you tiktok will eat it up now tiktok's that whole thing like people have been telling me for 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 a couple years now to get onto tiktok and the thing though is that like i watch a lot of like makeup artists or people who do makeup or whatever transformations on tiktok and i absolutely cannot i mean i know that i don't necessarily have to do it exactly as they do it but like the, the formula nine times out of 10, right. For all these types of people is totally them. Like either like lip syncing to like some sort of voiceover to the character that they're about to transform into, or they're like doing some sort of like weird, like shoulder bop to like music. And then they do a weird, like head flip or like something, or they disappear out of frame and then pop back up. And it's all like, yeah. you know, yeah. this kind of like being like as the character. And I'm like, I, I, I'm out. I can't do yeah. that. See, that's, I think that's, because of you, I follow a girl on Instagram. She's this Italian lady. Uh, not lady. I don't know. She's probably like 19 or 20. But she'll, she um, has transitions where she does like this. Like she lifts her arm. And that's like the swipe. Right. She's like the whole, like, it's this TV show my kids watch called Phineas and Ferb. Okay, yeah, the, the theme song in Italian, like it's her, it's their version of Phineas and Ferb, and like she's got the characters, like she becomes one of the characters, but then there's also like little cartoons, like on her shoulders. Oh, well, that's fun. Clever, yeah. Anything in Italian, I approve of. So, <laughs> obviously, yeah. yeah, obviously, <laughs> it's an Italian thing, Corey. We can't. You wouldn't understand. It. No, no, and I, and and I don't want to know about it. I don't, 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 don't get. We couldn't tell you anyway. <laughs> that good. Couldn't possibly comprehend. <laughs> don't, don't, don't get any of that Italian on me. I don't want it. I don't need it. <laughs> 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 no, but I'm... hey, I went to an Italian street festival at my Catholic church, Saint Rock, and that was amazing. I bet What's I had never Italian? done that before. It was great. I was I tried great. to go. I tried to go. This big fucking guy tossed me out. He like picked me up by my by my pants and my shoulders and tossed me he out. Just knew. Yeah, he was like, "Hey, you get out of here. You're not welcome." <laughs> You're not even 41. You're not, yeah, I'm like I'm I'm a f- couple years from being 41. You can't do this to me. I'm a couple years from being Italian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To give me two more years, I'll be Italian. I'll be so Italian. I promise. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh. Well, what else have you been up to, Brent? What's it been a couple weeks since I talked to you? I think I discovered a new conspiracy theory last night. What's that? It's a playful one. Okay. <laughs> my favorite kind so I, I okay this has nothing to do with the time change but mm-hmm. last night i think i may have gotten three hours of sleep and that's it okay i went to bed at 10 30 and then when i woke up i thought oh the, the alarm's gonna the alarm's gonna go off in like 30 minutes and then like your brain starts flooding with like okay i'm in my house 
okay, I'm working a little bit. Okay, there's a woman laying next to me. All right, like everything's where it needs to be. And, and then it was like, I had a I look, So then like, yeah, right? It's like, I'm up, I'm up, right? So like, I look at my phone and it's 2 a.m. Okay. It's only 2 a.m. And I was like, well, God damn it. And so I don't, I, I mean, it was an awful night of sleep, but I'm, I'm like surprisingly awake today. Anyway, I, so I started looking on my phone and I'm scrolling Instagram and it's like, it's, it's a lot of comics who are doing like freaking dumb crowd work or whatever mm-hmm. that's been going on lately. Yeah. And one guy, he says, that, and I'm, I'm reading it, right? I, I'm reading the text because I don't want to wake Kara up. So I'm not listening to anything. And one guy makes a Michael Jackson, R. Kelly joke. And it wasn't very good. But somehow or another, like a person in the crowd goes, I know a lot about Michael Jackson. And the comedian was like, okay, what do you know? And he goes, and we mentioned this guy, I think when we talked, we talked a couple episodes ago, but he goes, do you remember the kid Ryan White? Oh, yeah. Remember the boy who had, who had AIDS? He said that um, Michael Jackson would invite him. This is okay. He would invite so him. To remember, <laughs> he would invite. This could go so wrong. invite him to Nicole, invite him to Neverland Ranch, right? And so, and so Ryan was sick, and so this doctor—he was a doctor, the guy in the, in the audience—he would go and do checkups on Ryan White, and he said that like most of the time when he would go, and this Ryan White went went there like a lot. Most of the time he would go, like Michael Jackson would be like in Europe or somewhere far away, mm-hmm. and he would just get to kind of like stay there and just sort of like. Not only recuperate, but just sort of like live out, you know. Yeah. But he said that a couple times he met Michael Jackson, and that's not his real voice. I I heard somebody I I, I heard somebody say that that's so weird. I heard somebody talk about that the other day. How they got a phone call from Michael Jackson about something, and it was it was like a lower register, like it wasn't what you think of as Michael Jackson. So I voice. looked in YouTube because it's real. It must be real if it's on YouTube. So, but anyway, there was like a whole like. There's a whole rabbit hole of it where they show a couple people being interviewed saying that exact thing. Like he's got a much deeper voice than I than I think. And then they have shots of him like at public events where he and they called it code switching, right? Mm-hmm. Where he forgot he forgot to use his higher pitched voice at first. Yeah. So it starts off like I want to accept it, and then, he, then his voice gets higher and higher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, now see, I understand the I understand the concept of code switching, but. In Michael Jackson's case, I, that's I, why I don't think it's that sort of goes beyond code switching. At least it's not what, right. what is sort of typically why it's typically used anyway. Yeah. Um. Like I mean, what he did seems to be you know sort of like delving into a completely new persona. Yeah. Um, I mean, altogether. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like people were theorizing that maybe was there any like sort of like information about like why why that voice or what, I mean, was the answer was just simply code switching just to make him more, a more powerful yeah, like, black man. I mean, <laughs> yeah. all there is is like that theory. Is usually what. Right. Right. Yeah. Code but like the theory is that like he had, he had a very messed up childhood, you know? Yeah. And that the, the whole idea of Neverland Ranch and the whole idea of like the persona is very childlike. You know, and that then again, this is people talking. You know, this isn't anyone saying like MJ told me. You know, right? Hey, I talk like this for a reason. You know, <laughs> <laughs> there's 
and it, I just thought it was interesting. It doesn't hurt anyone left or right, you know, to like to 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 tell you about this conspiracy. I thought it was just kind of interesting. Huh. <laughs> kind of like you know who's um 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 Larry the cable or Larry what's the guy's name? Larry the cable guy. Yeah. Like, that's not his real. That's right. not his real persona. Yeah. And right. Gilbert, I've heard Gilbert Gottfried talk before. Yeah. And it's yeah. very interesting. He doesn't talk like that normally. Yeah. Or uh, a Bobcat. Yeah. Oh, that's Bobcat right. Yeah. Bobcat. Which how like yeah. how wild is that to like cultivate an entirely different voice? I mean, your public persona is one thing, but just like to talk in a different way all of the time, like that's just wild to me, you know? Yeah, I know it really is. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Because whenever you'd leave the house, you would be you'd have to be a character. Yeah. That'd be so hard, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, it's it reminds me of some somebody was talking the other day about how Martin Short is like always on, and and not that he does you know his character seems pretty close to self, but it is always like ah showbiz you know like always you know yeah, which that's right. Well, and I was I've been listening to this podcast about uh, Childish Gambino, Donald Glover, uh, sp- specifically his album because yeah. the internet. And I guess he, like, I didn't realize this, but that album was a whole multimedia thing with, like, websites and videos and, like, all kinds of stuff. But I guess, especially during the release of that video and all that it entails, or that album and all that it entails, uh, I guess he would always dress the same way, like, the same clothes every time. And it was because he was, like, playing a character. And the idea was it was, like, like a sitcom character where it would always be, you could always recognize the person uh, by everything including what they're wearing every time you know yeah i bet too like if 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 you were at all sort of being um followed or or like tracked by like paparazzi mm-hmm. like if he was wearing the same thing all the time yeah that must have been <laughs> awful for like that's a good anybody point. like following you or trying to get like you know trying to figure out like what day this was that like yeah. you did such and such because it's like i He's wearing a white shirt and jeans. I don't know. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard that. And I've heard people will do that specifically to, to stymie the paparazzi. I think what Toby Maguire, maybe, or so, there was somebody else who did it for that reason. Would just, they would, they just like all of their outfits were the same. Just, right. I don't know. That guy looks like he kind of smells like, I bet you that's just he really looks all the time. <laughs> that was his excuse. He was like, look, I'm 41 and all my clothes are the same because of the paparazzi. <laughs> Banquo. Banquo, like uh, Lieutenant Banquo from Macbeth. Nice, nice. I love it. <laughs> um, and he's a giant 50 pound foxhound. Yeah. And now he's parking. Um, yeah. Buddy. That's. <laughs> you know, I've, my, my dog has a very high pitched bark, so I appreciate a good deep. That's like a Michael Jackson bark, right? Like. That's right. That's right. Michael Michael Jackson when he's in when he's when he's alone at home. Yeah. Kind of Listening um, to DMX. You'll have to, I might have to like just yeah. placate him. One second. Take your time. Yeah. And yeah, I, do it. Yeah. I feel like I still. I, man, I'm hoping I can clean some of this up because I I feel like I sound really buzzy at times. So that last part that when you were talking, yeah, it was doing the kazoo sound. Yeah. 
I don't know. Is that going to pick up on the recording? Uh, we'll see. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll just cut most of me out. <laughs> I'll just try not to talk very much. Are you wearing an? Is that an area rug, Nicole? Is it? No, it's not. It's a blanket. Okay, it's fleece. It's just a really fuzzy, like, shaggy blanket. It's a legit blanket. Not no, no, that's fine. With the lighting, it looks like the underside of like uh, like know, a non slip It's not a Batman. rubber mat like it's not a rubber mat like a like a carpet or a rug. It's Sherpa. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I I, I believe you. <laughs> That's right. I, on my it bed, looks like one. I just now sleep, now it looks like one. I just sleep under my my bathroom rug. That's that's yeah, what I use right? as a blanket. Yeah, I mean, I'm small enough I can fit under a bathroom rug and it's like a giant blanket. So yeah. That's right. <laughs> well, we should probably talk about probably talk about the movie a little bit. Uh, Nicole, do you want to tell us? Oh, yeah, that's why we're here. Yeah, do you want to tell us what movie you chose and why you chose it, what it means to you? Kind of, so I, I ask right as you put something in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Young Frankenstein. Young Young Frankenstein. What is it? Nineteen seventy four. The same year as Blazing Saddles. I didn't realize those movies came out the same year. That's wild. Mm-hmm. I know that it is really wild. Um, as I chew, excuse me. Um, yeah, I was completely unaware that they. I mean, maybe, maybe like, like half a year between them, right? Because mm-hmm. they something cause like, like that. Blazing yeah. Saddles came out in seventy four. Yeah, is that right? And then like they must have wrapped, and then they immediately started shooting. Um, because they because they started filming Young Frankenstein. Quite early in seventy four, didn't they? Like, I would in like February. I, I would think so. I would had to have been, yeah. Um, and I only make mention of it because, like, when I saw the date, I was uh, my sister's birthday is the twenty third of February, and she was born in seventy four. And I remember seeing the date for when they started filming Young Frankenstein. It was very close to the twenty third, and I got very excited because I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's crazy!" <laughs> um, but. And then they, yeah, and then they, they ran until, like, May or something like that, and then, yeah, I think it was, it was still released in 74, though, is that right? Yeah, it looks like, it looks like it came out in December, so right at the end of the year. Okay, wow. December 15th. So, yeah, they, it looks like they, they, they probably got, uh, Blazing Saddle, Saddles came out early in the year, and then, uh, And then me immediately, like, wrapped that, and then immediately started filming. So, they must have been... So Mel Brooks and Gene Wilder then must have been working on the script for Young Frankenstein while they were filming. Yeah, I, I yeah I saw that it was Gene Wilder's idea initially, and then yeah, he and Mel Brooks would meet and just work on the script together and and kind of yeah banged it out together. I think at Gene Wilder's place mostly. Yeah, it, it feels it feels like a Gene Wilder idea. Yeah, when I think, and, and and he even wanted it like to have that like old Universal movie monster feel so much to where I, I saw I saw that part of him agreeing to do it was that Mel Brooks could not be in the movie because he. I saw that too. Yeah. yeah. And I love that anecdote because I think he's he was absolutely right. Yeah. To to suggest that because, um, goodness knows, uh, I think we all here adore mel brooks but gene wilder's argument that it would break the it would break the sort of mystique or the fourth wall too much yeah um that mel brooks mel brooks has a sort of um 
an energy in a way of of when he cameos that it's sort of like it, it just brings a different sort of energy to the film and and Gene Wilder said I didn't want that to happen and so Do you think and he would have wanted like, to be the, the the blind the blind guy? Is that oh is that right? Mel Brooks. I don't know. I, I just I was just like that. Sound, it seemed like a cameo that he would do. That makes sense. Oh yeah, Which, totally. acting was so much better. Well, and I I didn't realize till today that it was Gene Hackman. I didn't even know that guy was in the movie. Well, you know, I remember I remember hearing I remember hearing that Gene Hackman was in it, and I remember the first time I saw Young Frankenstein, and I completely missed him. He went yeah. completely over right. my head, and I was like, "Where was Gene Hackman?" Right. And he's not credited, and so I was like, "I think somebody's, I think someone's lying. I think someone's, <laughs> someone <Yeah>. was mistaken, <laughs> right?" You know, in, in a doc that I, I watched today, it said that he only did dramas up until then, and he met with um, he used to play, he played tennis with Gene Wilder, the two Genes, and. They were talking about what they were working on, and he told uh, Gene Wilder. Hackman said, "I want to, I want to try a comedy. Yeah. How can I do it?" And he goes, "Well, you got to be funny, because I could be funny." And he was, he was very funny. Yeah. Well, and what a yeah, and that's a great scene. Like that scene's fantastic, you know. Oh, it's a wonderful scene. Yeah. I just, is that is that because it was sort of like what he got the role under the auspices of like a favor? Is that why he wasn't credited at all? That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't put him in the credits. Yeah, right. Or I mean, is this is this like a Bill Murray and Tootsie sort of situation? Like Bill Murray has a major role in Tootsie, and he's not credited anywhere. Right. Really. Yeah. Is it like a contract thing? You think? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know if it's something where it's like this is a this is a complete favor. Yeah. And so here's the trade off. I'm totally going to put you in this movie, yeah. but you're not, your name's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> or, or sometimes I feel like it's when the movie comes out, they want it to be a surprise to audiences. So that, right. so they, they like try to keep it hush hush that the actor's in it. So then when they show up on screen, people are like, Oh, is that fucking, is that Gene Hackman? Right. You know? Yeah. But I mean, I, I, but, I mean, on that note though, I, 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 I could see that argument being made more for Bill Murray and Tootsie than I can Gene Hackman in Young Frankenstein. That's true. Yeah. Ooh, can I can I throw out some trivia because it applies here? Yeah. Um, most of the, the the laboratory set pieces, I think I'm getting this right. Correct me if I'm wrong. Came from the actual doo doo, like when they did Frankenstein for real, like back in the earlier in the day. That man, this old man, had all those set pieces in a garage. Yeah. From like the, that from, man that built that set in the original Frankenstein was not credited at all for set building. Oh, really? And, and Mel Brooks made sure to credit him for a major part of building the set. Okay, that's fantastic. And so by by using all of their stuff from like the 1930s Universal film or whatever, that's like, a good look. Yeah, he was able to he was able to finally give that guy the credit. Yes, and he that's yeah, they got it. Yeah, yeah, right. Yay. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> well, man, the, let's see. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm trying to talk as little as possible because I think I am still getting that kazoo sound effect, So, which I may or may not be able to edit out later. Um, but, yeah, I'm just looking through like some of the stuff in this movie I love how he insists on being called Frankenstein you know and then and then when he meets Igor he's like it's it's Igor <laughs> um, yeah that was a great thing where they yeah, go ahead Nicole oh no I was just gonna say one of my favorite jokes in the entire film is when they have their first exchange 
and he calls him Frankenstein and he corrects him and he says it's Frankenstein and he's like, do you also say Froderick? <laughs> and the, I, well, I mean, Marty, Marty Feldman is yeah. my absolute favorite. And, um, and I, I mean, and when I was still an actor for years, absolutely hands down one of my biggest inspirations. I just, I just adore Marty Feldman. But, and so it's, it's hard for me to not, um, sort of smile at nearly every line delivery, but he's got <laughs> some really wonderful gems in, in this movie yeah. in particular. Um, well, when they keep going with that scene, Nicole, and when he says, you know, yeah. he, that whole Igor to Igor, then really like throws it over the edge of funniness in that wordplay. Oh it's, yeah. It's, 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 well, what, what, about, what about him being like the indignation of like, why well, I was told it was Igor. Well, they were wrong then, weren't they? I mean, like, just... <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then the what hump, and then yeah. I mean, yeah. Do you know that he switched that hump screen, around? Like, he just keeps going. <laughs> he switched that hump around for like a month during shooting, and no one fucking noticed. And that's finally, a, they did. And that's when they put that joke in. That's well, and apparently too the the walk this way gag, which is that's you know old old school vaudeville yes. joke, right? Yeah. And apparently, Marty Feldman just did it during like either either between takes or like during like sort of a longer take or whatever just just to sort of make everybody laugh had no yeah. intention of ever keeping it in the thing whatever he was just sort of goofing around um and mel brooks loved it and so they they tested it with audiences and they seemed to like it and so he was like that settles it <laughs> it's um but and I know that Marty Feldman like breaks the fourth wall a lot, um, and he can seem a bit hammy. I think to some people, um, yeah. um, his performance. Uh, so, in his defense, right to his credit, he was only doing the walk this way bit just as a gag to make his co-stars laugh. Had no intention of ever keeping it in the film, and it was Mel Brooks who really insisted upon keeping it. And when when he did. Uh, Marty Feldman and Gene Wilder both were, I think, a little like taken aback, and they were like, "Oh, oh, wait, really? You want us to keep in the walk this way? Okay." <laughs> yeah. So, and I think the only thing that sort of like massages it or saves it from like going um, overboard or too or too over the top is is that you have Gene Wilder attempting to humor him for about a step or two, and then sort of does that like pull back and realizes this is ridiculous. And then goes back to walking normal. So it is funny that someone who was that hunched over would need a much smaller cane. <laughs> that that is also it's, it's it's a tiny little sight gag, and it just warms my heart. And I completely forgot about it when he pulls out the cane. I remember him walking with the cane, but I forgot that it was like it was like a tiny Tim cane. And I'm like, what is happening? I'm like Marty Feldman's like well that's the thing too is that because of how he's hunched over um the actual size of Marty Feldman I think gets a little skewed Mm, Uh, and so uh, is he very taller yeah I I thought so right that he was much taller I think than than anyone would ever know um and so to have him with you know this like two foot tall cane is absolutely hysterical (laughs) yeah (laughs) well and there there are just so many great gags like the the when they do the charades for the sedative 
when Frankenstein is choking or the monster is choking Dr. Frankenstein. And and then they start to bring it back when Dr. Frankenstein is choking uh, Igor. Like, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Three syllables. Yes. I love that he gets pissed at the end of it. And he's just like, like when they finally, they finally right. calm him down and he's like, Gene Wilder sort of like bent over the monster <laughs> and he just, you know, and he just takes that breath and he's like, said to give <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's the master at callbacks and stuff you know like bringing things back to the joke that was original like the false wall with the with the you know oh, the, the, the secret passageway with the whole like being very matter of fact from behind the wall like put the candle back yeah <laughs> and then there's that whole gag where they're trying to figure it out and then the best part is when she gets twisted around. Mm-hmm. There's that beat, and then she says, "Put the candle back." It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's just fantastic. It, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Is. And I forgot to. Um, I don't know the. Sorry to 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 go back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, when they're in, when they're in the classroom at the top, mm-hmm. uh, when he's giving the lecture. Um, first of all, something that I never caught before. But they're in modern times, yeah. aren't they? I, <laughs> yeah. Mean, I mean, for all intents and purposes, when the film was filmed, yeah, that's okay. that's the time period that the, that they're in before he uh, travels to Transylvania. I believe so. Yeah, because yeah, I don't know why I never caught that before. For some for, for some oh. reason, in my memory, I thought that the the conceit was. Uh, that his grandfather existed whenever he existed, but mm-hmm. then they set the film in like the forties or something. And right. I was like, Oh, I don't think they did. I think it's supposed to be like the seventies. I think so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know. I just, I, I, I know it's a silly little thing to <laughs> sort of like catch, but I, I never caught it before. And then when I went to go rewatch it this time, I was like, Oh yeah. yeah. It's, it's just, it's totally just in in modern times. Yeah, well, because because okay. most of the movie it does seem uh, pretty anachronistic. Is that the word I'm looking for? Where because like most of the movie is in this old Transylvanian castle, and then this small like villager village. You know, it's it all feels very 1800s. You know, 1700s. Right, you know? right. And I mean, I know obviously I know that it's deliberate once they travel to Transylvania, and I guess it is. It is that sort of conceit that, like, this town or whatever is sort of stuck in that era yeah. um, of when, of when, like, Shelley wrote the novel, mm. and um, or or uh, who knows? I mean, maybe just that's that's sort of what that area of the world is always feels like, right? You know, it always feels like it's gothic Victorian. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd, but, be, I'd be pretty bummed if I went to Transylvania and it's all, it's like 80s discotheque clubs. Like, like if I go to, Tra- yeah, if I go to, if I go to Transylvania, I want it to be like a, you know, I want half the population to have the black plague, you know, like, <laughs> is it in Germany? Is Transylvania in Germany? It's, it's no, it's or Eastern it Europe. I think it's its own country. Yeah, it's 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 closer. It's closer to like Romania. Yeah. Um, okay. In term, in rather than, but I mean, I'm awful. And the thing too, and as I understand it, right, it wasn't supposed to be like literal Transylvania. Like they yeah. used sort of like the oh. the idea or the mystique of Transylvania for this film, and 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 placed it there. Yeah. 
that, right? Because I mean, I mean, because Frankenstein, Frankenstein, whatever, however you want to say it, um, is Germanic, and so like that definitely, and that definitely, and I think in the novel too, right? Like that, they, 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 or or Austrian or something like that. Like they, that's the region they travel to. I think so. I mean, I know they ended up located in 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 the novel, right? And so the Transylvania thing was sort of a conceit to like. It was sort of the best sort of like spooky place. Yeah, because I think like while they are like this is mostly a parody and an, and an homage to Frankenstein. I think that it's like the Universal monster movies in general. Which what's more, what's a more iconic location than like the Transylvanian like Dracula's castle? You know, right? Um, right. Well, I mean, even 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 the the establishing shot in the beginning there yeah. with like with the coffin and the and the name you know, seeing the name, um, run across the screen or whatever, like that's a very Dracula thing. I don't think there's anything sort of like that, 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 that whole notion there, you know what I mean? Of discovering what's inside the coffin has very little to do with, with the, the Frankenstein myth yeah. necessarily and much more to do with like Dracula. So that's clearly just sort of a, a general universal monsters yeah, and I'd have to go back. I I'd have to go back and look at where all Frankenstein is set because I think there it's set in at least two places because there's like Frankenstein's family home, and then they travel to university somewhere. I think, but then right. but then I I know they end up at the North Pole is where the the story's set right the beginning and because the Frankenstein it's it starts off with like this boat captain running into Doctor Frankenstein like chasing the monster through the through the north through the arctic and he's like he's he's almost dead and the story of frankenstein is him relaying the story to this boat captain who's like what the fuck are you doing in the north pole like <laughs> wow yeah <laughs> okay i don't know how i missed that whole part yeah <laughs> yeah and i think i'm pretty sure cuz the frankenstein i'm most familiar with is kenneth branagh's movie and I'm, oh, okay. I'm pretty sure they do the North Pole thing in that movie, too. I'm not 100% sure, but I think they do. Is that the one, is that the one with uh, Robert De Niro plays the monster? I think, yeah, yeah. Which is really a weird bit of casting. Weird choice, yeah. <laughs> weird choice, I know. Weird choice. I'm, I'm usually more... I'm usually more yeah. there for Kenneth Branagh. It's like, he's like, I've got bolts, Volker. Could, right. could you reanimate me? Yeah, like, but it, it, it's true, though. Like, that's 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 exactly what I was expecting, though, when I heard that Robert De Niro was in that film. I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. It's going to be a total, like, displeased, suspicious, like, <laughs> faced monster, right? Where he's what year like, was that? 94, maybe? somewhere in there yeah okay and again i mean like i'm usually i'm usually more supportive of kenneth Branagh's choices even even the indulgent ones but like (laughs) of which there are many um but yeah the 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 news that robert de niro was playing the the monster i was like that's a that's really weird yeah but he does but he does he does kind of get lost in the monster character like I, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but it's not something where it's like, oh, that's Robert De Niro. I feel like he does he does a good job of like getting lost, like it, it, getting lost in the monster a little bit, you know. Oh, he looks so gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the makeup, the makeup treatment, I will say, is pretty dastardly. It's it's 
It's gnarly. Yeah. He looks like leather. You don't shy away from the idea that he is patchworked. He is he is pieces of patchworked flesh. Yeah. And it's pretty gross. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I just want to, I, I, I stand corrected a little bit. I think Transylvania is a region in Romania. Oh, I think it's in Romania. In Romania. Okay. Yeah. Is what I'm seeing here. Well, there's that U.S. Uh, geography education coming. No, you're mostly right, Nicole. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> You're like near Romania, in Romania. In Romania, so, yeah. Yeah, right on. <laughs> but but I just got like I just want to give a shout out to uh, Mary Shelley for writing Frankenstein when she was like nineteen. You know, if she if she were born today, she'd probably be doing TikTok videos. You know, but and and wasn't it like on a dare? Yeah. Didn't she write, well, like like well, didn't someone. Someone, someone made issued some sort of challenge, and she was like, "You know what? I bet I could write something." Well, I, I believe it was. I, th- I, th- it's been. I didn't research this for this podcast at all. I'm just remembering from long ago, but I, I think it was like a party, and it was like her and her husband and a couple other people, all like they all went off to write something scary to try and scare each other, and then they got back together. It was like a party game, and Mary Shelley fucking comes back with Frankenstein. And like, what not, the fuck is like, wrong with you? Like, not, uh, yeah, Frankenstein or the modern Prometheus, and right. not only writes like this banger of a novel, but really, like, kind of creates the horror genre. Like, all horror and science fiction, you can kind of trace it all back to Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, which is fucking wild. Did she have to release that in her husband's name at first? No, I, I don't. I could be or wrong. She always Mary Shelley. I think it. I think she released it under herself, but I do. Her husband had connections or something, maybe. I don't. I'd have okay. to refresh my memory. Okay. Yeah. Or 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 perhaps it was that uh, he was the more famous one at the time. I think so. And and so that was the, sort of the connection. And yeah. then, I, but but I'm right. I'm I'm speculating right now. Yeah. I, would I have think. To... I think you're. I think her husband was a, was a writer of some renown. I believe. I could be wrong though. But but nobody knows. Nobody knows that fucking guy anymore. So no. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't write it. He didn't kick off the horror genre. So <laughs> I, know, I just love. I just. I mean, I have this this image of like her coming back and like like the books already bound kind of thing <laughs> in the room and like like a mic drop, just like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dust. The entire novel just thuds on the table and she's like... Yeah, and they're reading it. accepted. And the other party guests are just like, Jesus fucking Christ, like, I just wrote a little story about my dog, like, taking a... What the fuck? Like, <laughs> you came back with Frankenstein? Everyone else has, like, newspaper article lengths and she's got, like, 500 pages that she just cranked yeah. out in, like, an hour and she's, like, done. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just There's insane. more where that came from. <laughs> was there? Did, what else did she do? I'm curious. Uh, I don't, did, she, did she do other horror? I don't know. Books? That's a good question. I don't actually know. I'm sorry. I was I was never a big... I, I mean, I read Frankenstein, but I never really... Yeah. I didn't really explore Mary Shelley's oeuvre. <laughs> I think I read one of those, like, abbreviated versions of it, like, that you would give, like, I think I mean, like, like a sixth grader. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, you know, like, kind of, you would have, like, some illustrations throughout. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I actually just got a, a book. Where is it? And I don't, I don't it's know. It's called The Ultimate Frankenstein. 
Oh, nice. Um, and it's like, it's a sort of like a compendium um, of a bunch of authors and they're like short stories that are all inspired by Frankenstein. The only reason I got it, I mean, I, I'm excited to read all of them, but the only reason I got it is because there's a short story in here by Vonnegut called oh. Fortitude, and I couldn't find it anywhere else. And I I found it, ta-da, <laughs> I found it in, in, in this book, and I was like, okay, I'll buy the whole book, that's fine. Yeah. That's so cool. That's awesome, so, though. <laughs> I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of the of the Frankenstein myth. Yeah. And so I was like, so it's it's worth it to buy a whole book on, you know, different authors telling their version. Yeah. yeah. You know what I saw? Vonnegut, what I so. saw this weekend was the Tom Cruise The Mummy. Oh, how was that? <laughs> it was not, I watched it in four sittings. Okay. <laughs> just, you know, like over the weekend, just like popped it in. Because it kind of applied to what we were going to talk about tonight. And what's interesting about that movie, I mean, you might already know this, but it was going to be part of like a like a, like a a world, like world building like Marvel does with like the Avengers. Yeah. Where, and this one was supposed to kind of tie things together, but they knew it was such a shit show and an awful thing that they, they scrapped that idea. But like even in this movie, um, like the Nick Fury kind of character is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And so huh. he's like constantly like like giving himself the sedative, right? <laughs> like he's constantly shooting himself up to keep Dr. Jekyll at bay. That's like funny. every like it almost seemed like every half hour it was that bad. God. It's what? played by Russell Crowe is that person. Yeah. And and go ahead, Corey. Oh no! I I was just gonna say that the the Universal Dark Universe they tried to launch. They even did they did a photo shoot with Tom Cruise and Russell Crowe and actors from movies they didn't even make yet. Like Javier Bardem was supposed to play the Wolfman, I think, and then Johnny Depp was supposed to be the Invisible Man. And they they yeah. they did a photo shoot with all those guys and never ended up making any movies. <laughs> so I read a little bit about it and. In the writer's room for, like, The Mummy was also, like, other writers, and they were going to start divvying off things, which I assume they must do with, like, those damn, like, Marvel movies, you know? Mm. But then it was such, like, it was such, like, a clusterfuck that everyone was, like, forcing their ideas in that they just, like, scrapped, they just ended up scrapping everything, like... It sounds so cool in theory, and it could have been, I bet. Yeah. Because when they go to like Doctor Jekyll's like lair, basically his like Avengers like like the like Ground Zero, like there's like a there's like a Dracula skull. You see like the hand of like the the creature from the Black Lagoon in a jar. Mm-hmm. Like all this like cool shit in the background, but like yeah, yeah it ended really weird too. It, it was it was it was entertaining. It just wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't super good. Well, so, and just, four settings. My goodness, like it, you just you know, must have really kept your attention. Clearly, <laughs> you know, we were kind of busy. Oh, yeah. I'm just gonna pause for uh, Listen, twelve hours. Nicole, 12 he's, hours, yeah. he, he's 41. Okay, sometimes you have to watch a movie in four sittings. That's right. Uh, but have it's you? It's hard to just sit there and watch a film in a single sitting. Okay. I, yeah. Have, have have y'all seen just speaking of Marvel and the Universal Monsters or whatever? Did you see it came out last year but Werewolf by Night with uh with the uh, what's that guy's name? Gabriel Garcia Bernal, I think. Or whatever. Anyway, 
I recommend it. It's good. It's like an hour, and it's it's an homage to those like old Universal. It originally came out in black and white, although they released it in color this year. Um, but it's I really liked it, and it really does have that like old Universal monster feel, and it's it's yeah. it's pretty entertaining. It's but it's yeah. It's, it came out it came out during like uh, pandemic times when people were playing the werewolf game over the computer, where you'd have to guess who was the werewolf. You'd play it over Zoom, and and it, it, and I'm sure that movie idea was made way before that that game. Mm. But like, yeah, it, it paired well with the time frame. Yeah. How does, how does how does how does playing the werewolf game over a computer work? Does it does it does so, it? Right. I think you all. So like, we would all we would all be on our laptops or whatever, but then we would have our phones, and on our phones would be like. It's like the game Among Us that the kids play, which I know that none of us probably ever played. But like, it's I like you're trying to guess. Like how to play the werewolf game? I just mean like, how does it compare? Is it still fun and effective, like playing it through your yeah. laptop, or was it sort of like, oh man, I can't wait to be able to play this in person? Yeah, they're both, both, both definitely both. Yeah, <laughs> but it was like this is the best we got right now. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. But we, uh, my, my friends and I played a version, um, called Mafia, um, and it's, okay. it's, it's, everything transfers completely, right? Like you have, you just use a deck of cards and, you know, you designate whatever card it is, right? And you're the, you're the killer or whatever, you're the Mafia person, um, and then you have a detective and then you have, you know, victims and then townspeople and whatever. Yeah. Or just, yeah. So, I mean everything there's a there's it's all analogous <laughs> but it's just the mafia <laughs> mafia right exactly so. nice yeah. i think i've heard of that i've never actually i have to play it Corey. i i have that werewolf you're game. not allowed to play it Corey. <laughs> i'm not italian enough <laughs> but no i have the werewolf game in here it's oh yeah the official game i have it i don't think i've ever played it though I know how it works. Like, I get the general idea. And I did play Among Us. My kids were real into it. And I was like, oh, that looks fun. So there was a period of time. I dare, I dare you to throw that away right now. What? The werewolf throw the game? away. Just throw... I dare you... Where... I don't know where throw it is. Throw the game away. You've never played it. You never will. Look how small it's... <laughs> throw that's it expl- away. It's exploding kittens. Oh, that's exploding kittens. I don't know yeah, where I don't it is. I don't know where it is. There's, there's like, I'm just joking. there's like two layers of game. There's like a hundred games in here. It's ridiculous. Look, that's that's a deep shelf. Oh, oh yeah, they're double stacked. Yeah, there's like, Whoa. there are games behind these games. It's like a Narnia closet of board games. Yeah. Like, Nicole, just- I've podcasted with him for like two, two and a half something years now, and I never knew that that was like a deeper shelf than that. I've only ever seen these fucking hats. In that one layer of games, there's a whole Brent, there's a whole second layer of games back there. <laughs> that actually goes into a completely other dimension. Yeah, right. There's another guy on the it's other side. Sa- it's the side of the sides of board games, and he just slides it over. And it, it yeah, it just it spins, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, put the game back. back. <laughs> Who's the guy from Interstellar? The um. Matthew, Matthew McC- McConaughey is stuck in between. He's stuck in between settlers of Catan and Monopoly, <laughs> like trying to get you to understand 
that he still loves you, Corey. <laughs> and you know, I'm gonna put that that little. I'm gonna put the interstellar theme right here. The little piano. The like, that that theme's gonna be playing over all this, making everybody cry. <laughs> but I looked up. So apparently, Mary Shelley did write other stuff. Okay. I've never heard of it, any of it. Um, but she wrote, she had a series of writings while she was traveling called Rambles in Germany and Italy. So, for you Italians, I don't know, you like that kind of thing, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> We're issued it at birth. <laughs> but, uh, St. Francis Hospital downtown, they got stacks of them. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. We should probably wrap up soon. Is there any other anything else about? I feel like we could talk a, a whole other hour about this movie. But any part of this movie specifically you want to discuss before we do head cannons and wrap up? I have something that I forgot about. Yeah. No, no, not forgot about. I mis, mis misconstrued. Like I always thought that that detective guy or like who's like the police the head police chief guy the constable guy. Yeah. I always thought that he was the dude from Night Court, like the constable guy at Night Court, the bailiff. Okay. <laughs> For some reason, I always had his head in my in my brain when thinking about that character. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, and also I wanted to go ahead. Sorry, Nicole. No, I was gonna say I I, I all I was gonna say was that I'm I'm sure when I was younger, I. I mistook who Kenneth Mars was. Um, and that, yeah, that, that was the whole point I was going to make. Okay, go ahead, Brad. <laughs> well, I, I was also going to say that um, I love the Frankenstein character and how he starts to actually have, like, a personality. Mm-hmm. And then my favorite part about him is that, like, He's not that unreasonable. Is what's fantastic. Like, like at every point, they're like, "You're a fucking monster," and he's like, oh, "Okay." And they're like, and they're trying to convince him that fire's good, even. And he's like, getting on board. Like, he's always like, kind of angry, but then he's like, "Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to I'll, be in society." He's like, I'll, it up he's like, "I'll, I'll hear you out. I'll hear you out." <laughs> yeah. Well, and I like, especially like. Uh, and and Brent, that makes me think of the put, putting on putting on the Ritz scene, where they demonstrate like he can sing and dance kind of, and then and then he like a light sparks and he gets slightly afraid and the crowd just turns on him. <laughs> I was like, immediately, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's the barometer for like like acceptance into society. Yeah, you know, what's the matter with you? You can't handle a little bit of fire. <laughs> Yeah, but I also it's a really I, weird sort of <laughs> thing like, that. like that's the that's why they turn on him, yeah. you know, because he gets spooked by like a, a flashbulb breaking. I'm like, yeah, wouldn't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's scary. <laughs> but but I also I love the scene because one of one of the most iconic scenes for me is when uh, you know, he's throwing flower petals in the in the water with the girl, and in and in Frankenstein. He picks up the girl and throws her in the water and drowns her, right? So, like, in this movie, Peter Boyle, who is a great Frankenstein, like, he he and the girl are, like, throwing the pedals in the well. And she's like, oh, what else can we throw? And he just kind of looks at the camera. And you're like, no, no, don't, don't throw her in the water. Okay. That's one of the, that's actually one of the best sort of moments in the entire movie. It's yeah. just that slow pan back over to the camera, like, mm, well. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's fantastic. But and the, now, wasn't there, there was something about, like, I don't know if, um, 
I, I read that Mel Brooks and Gene Wilder got into a couple, like, a couple major arguments, and, like, those were the only, like, big fights they had about choices made in the film. And I don't know if putting on the Ritz, the decision to, to keep that, I know that was, Gene Wilder really fought for it. Yeah. And I don't know if that was included as one of the major fights they had. Like, I don't know if that was... Yeah, I know... That, that was one of the things that caused one of those major arguments, but... Yeah, I don't know. You're right, they disagreed on it, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know to what extent. And it seems sort of silly, too, because, like, we when we were talking earlier about how Mel Brooks was, you know, a real big, like, proponent, like, for, like, the, the really corny walk this way joke. Yeah. And then suddenly... Gene Wilder wants to put in the song and dance number of putting on the Ritz and Mel Brooks is like too far. Yeah, that's true. I, I would have guessed that it was the other way around, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's, it's really strange suddenly that, 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 that was sort of where he like drew the line. Um, and I know too, that like, I, I feel like as far as parodies go or like satires go, um, for the most part, this movie's pretty faithful <laughs> to a really a a, a a baseline Frankenstein film. Yeah. For the most part, which is sort of interesting. But on that note though, I feel like would you consider this is it is it horror by virtue of the fact that it includes a monster or a, a monster? Or is it you know what I mean? Or it like because I feel like it's not a traditional sort of like, like, I, I don't know that I would, I mean, even, I know Young Frankenstein, obviously, because it's, it's, I think it's major classification is comedy, but even just mm -hmm. like the original Frankenstein, like, I don't know that I would necessarily put that in the same category as like the Saw films. That, Do you know what I mean? It's not yeah. the same kind of horror to me. Yeah, that's true. I, I absolutely agree. I feel like probably when they were doing the original Universal movies in the 30s, there were probably a, co like a couple things. One, I think maybe it was just more horrifying to audiences back then. The, the thought of like, so like the, oh, what's the word I'm thinking? Just like the sacrilege of like sewing dead body parts together and reanimating them. Like maybe it, it felt more horrific to an audience who hadn't been consuming that kind of media for decades. Um, but, but also they were probably trying to tie it into the, Oh, you know, like Dracula's a hit. Like we, we it's, it's, it's the universal monsters, you know? Right. <laughs> we need one more. Yeah. Yeah. Cause some of, yeah. Some of the monsters are like, eh, kind of, okay, sure. We'll give it to you universal, <laughs> but, but yeah, we've, we've, uh, I feel like we got to talk about a little bit, at least like, we talked about most of the actors, but man, Cloris Leachman, Harry Gar, Madeline Kahn, like so good. So good. Uh, uh, so I mean, good. It's, I mean, I, I mentioned Marty Feldman earlier as sort of a hero of mine, Madeline Kahn. Mm -hmm. um, I have to say too. I mean, not that Cloris Leachman suddenly, you know, is, is shabby by any means. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, and obviously in this film, she's an absolute delight. Mm -hmm. um, but just a, uh, Generally speaking, um, Madeline Kahn was a was a really big influence on me too, and uh, I, I, she, she she was either she she either wanted the assistant or was cast as the assistant first. Oh really? And then and then she I think made the decision. She had a hand in 
switching it over to the fiance. Okay. Um, but then I, that of course left them in sort of like, well, you know, now we need an Inga right. kind of thing. And I guess Terry Gar came in and Mel Brooks's only sort of reservation was, can you do a German accent? And I think she did one like right on the spot right there. And he was like, Oh, well that answers that. And right. so, <laughs> yeah. Cause she was great. Like all, all of them were great. I mean, she was great, you know, and I feel like, um, I, I got to know Cloris Leachman from like more recent movies. Cause she was like the old woman who would say dirty stuff in like Adam Sandler movies or right. Where whenever you need an old lady, like to say something real crass, uh, I feel, I feel like Cloris Leachman had a couple roles like that, you know? And then, I, I, I first saw Cloris Leachman cause I, I watched uh, Nick at night reruns um, when okay. I was growing up. And so I, first saw her in uh the Mary Time Moore show. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um and that's that's how I found out about Cloris Leachman. And then of course my, my mom was the one to sort of enlighten me and be like, Oh, you know, if you like her in this, you you've not even seen her at her best. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so Yeah. Frau Blucher, Blucher, whatever. <laughs> and then if you right, the just you know, Marty Feldman, like Igor just sort of like does like sticks around one last time and just just like he has a theory, <laughs> yeah. so just says the last name, and then like sort of gives like a look to the camera that's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and and I love too when when Madeline Kahn's character shows up, Elizabeth. He's like he's flirting with her, and he's like he's like Shh, like don't keep it on the DL, don't say anything. Like he and Elizabeth have a thing all of a sudden. I love that bit. There's so many jokes. Have you guys ever seen the bloopers for Young Frankenstein? No, I don't think I have. A couple, just a couple, with like, oh. with like he's like biting the the uh, the shawl. Yes, do yourself a favor and watch the blooper reel. Okay. Um, because it was, and the the one where he where Elizabeth shows up and it's you know it's the whole like certainly you take the blonde I'll take the one in the turban and all that. Yeah. He does the whole like Groucho Marx thing, um, and he goes to like, yeah, like embrace her or whatever, or bites the the stole and comes back with a little bit of fur, um. That scene in particular was apparently like the worst day for everybody because Gene yes. Wilder could not keep it together. He kept breaking. Um, he he couldn't stop laughing. Um, I mean, there's. I feel like there's even what made it to film. I think there's like a couple seconds where it's like he's about to break. Yeah. And they cut really fast <laughs> before he laughs. I mean, he apparently just and Cloris Leachman sort of like legendarily you know, was very upset with Gene Wilder because she feels like her best takes didn't make the cut mm. because he laughed Yeah, at all of her best takes. Um, yeah. And, uh, but, but apparently, but I mean, like when, when it was Terry Gar, Madeline Kahn, uh, Gene Wilder and Marty Feldman in that scene with the, the, the luggage and all that, I, I get, they, they were lucky that they ever got what we saw in the film filmed, I guess. Oh, I believe it. it. They must have done like upwards of like 40 takes or something like Jesus. that for that moment. Nobody, <laughs> nobody could stop laughing. I heard that like the last Gene Hackman line where he's like, I was going to make espresso. They had to like cut like super quick because it's like he improvised that and people were like hysterical laughing. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. <laughs> the, the, Warm, I don't know, some somewhere in the warm milk Ovaltine uh-huh. exchange with with Blucher, um was improvised. 
or yeah, absent or whatever. And um, and I, I I I don't know where the break in the line is that she starts just adding stuff, but. Um, yeah. But again, that was also a moment there too, where like you can you can tell there's a couple moments like uh, the scene that we were just talking about with with the introductions of the women. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a moment there where like Gene Wilder like plays it off as like sort of a a nervous like embarrassed about Igor laugh yeah. kind of thing, and I think that was his best way of like keeping the take <laughs> and still managing to get out some sort of laugh because he had to. Mm-hmm. But you can yeah. see like there's a bunch of moments in the film where he like sort of cracks a smile and he does that whole sort of like, Oh, that sort of like, you know, uh, trying to seem dignified droll sort of like chuckle. And I think that's genuinely his, his mechanism of like trying, like getting a laugh out without ruining the take. Yeah. Cause he apparently was notorious for breaking all the time. That's, that's wild. Cause he does such a good job. Like, in this role, and you know, you think of the iconic Gene Wilder roles, you think of this, you think of Willy Wonka, and that's him playing it very straight, very serious, like a man always on the verge of like exploding. And no, he gives he gives the impression that he'd be the one that makes everyone else break. Yeah, 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 and then, but yeah, just just playing these serious straight roles in in these like wild, fantastical, ridiculous settings. You know, but, but I was, I was looking, I was reading about Wilder a little bit and I was, I was like wondering why he didn't do more or wondering why he didn't do any movies after 91. And from what I read, it seems like he was always in search of a movie doing well. Cause I think this movie did well. Um, maybe some of his movies with Richard Pryor, but like even Willy Wonka wasn't a hit at the time. It, it, ga- it gathered a cult following later. So just the little bit I read, it seemed like Gene Wilder, for as brilliant as he is, was just like kind of constantly like he'd have a movie like this or he'd have a movie hit. But then he'd have a string of movies that even if they were good, like Willy Wonka, just did shit in the box office. And and, and so I don't know. I almost it's it's kind of uh, unfortunate maybe that he couldn't find better roles that did better. And maybe we could have gotten some more brilliant Gene Wilder, you know? that like I know that and I don't know exactly when this started but um I know he had he had an interest in in directing mm-hmm. and um and obviously writing yeah um, and then you know and and if 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 that was one in the same for the same film kind of thing like if he was gonna if he intended to like write something then direct it himself and kind of create his own work or whatever um and you can see little like aspects of it and in young Frankenstein where they're funny, but it's, um, I suppose it's like, it, it harkens the, the type of humor, the type of gags they are, they're, they're vaudevillian. And even for the time that they were presented in the seventies, right. Mm-hmm. There was a sort of, and so you can only imagine if it was like released now, Yeah, there's a charm to it. But I, I think even then, um, there's a sort of like corniness That's to some true, of the yeah. jokes that can sometimes fall flat. Like they, they unfortunately, the, the pacing uh, sort of suffers because I feel like he, Wilder was very insistent upon certain types of jokes yeah. and bits and humor. Um, and 
and as a consequence, I think sometimes you put it all together, you string it all together, and clearly people even, even you know, by 81 or whatever, still didn't really gel with that same type of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think he kind of suffered from being in, in sort of his own, his own tastes sort of made, made the, the films, I think, sort of suffer a little bit because I think he was so insistent that like, this is, these are the kind of jokes I, I want in here. Right. Um, cause I remember he, I think he directed it. I think he may have written it as well, but did you guys ever see, um, Oh, it's something like the story of, or maybe it's just Sherlock Holmes's younger brother. I've, or something like I've, that. I've heard of it. Yeah, it's like Sherlock Holmes's smarter brother, or something like that. I haven't seen it, but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And and again, it, it 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 feels very similar to Young Frankenstein in that regard, where it's an homage to a sort of genreed character, mm-hmm. um, but it, it takes sort of it subverts sort of your expectation. You know what I mean? Where like it's not it's not sort of the suave and flawless crime solving, you know, debonair Sherlock Holmes, right? It's, it's this sort of peripheral character that we kind of sort of know by virtue of Sherlock Holmes, but it's his brother and, you know, and that kind of thing. And, um, and it supposes this whole other like backstory and whatever. Um, but yeah, tonally a lot of his, a lot of his, writing I think suffered from from a very specific brand of a, a sp- you know, maybe like a niche <laughs> taste <laughs> but yeah or like, like what is the uh, right right at the top of the film the 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 Transylvania station track 29 that's 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 a play on Chattanooga choo-choo right oh I don't know okay so you know he has he does the whole thing where he's like, "Excuse me, is this Transylvania Station?" And the kid stops, you know, and he's like, "Oh yeah, Track Twenty Nine. Can I give you a shine?" And uh-huh. oh, uh, and see that that seemed like it was there was more to it than that to me, but I didn't know the reference. But I was like, I think there's a I think that was a joke. Yeah, exactly, and that's what I mean. Oh, and so cool. like, there, there's so. There's a lot of jokes, I think, in there, especially in his in his writing in this and, and in other things, that they're charming, mm-hmm. but but I but I feel like they're a little not even antiquated. They're just sort of corny, yeah. I guess. Um, and some some are executed better. I don't know if it's an issue of like how they're actually delivered. I don't know if it's uh, if it's a content yeah. sort of thing. But I feel it's like it's not evergreen. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and that's, and and that's, and you know, like so much is lost in translation from a movie from 50 years ago. Like, I always think a lot about, you know, when we're translating stuff like the Odyssey or the Iliad or Beowulf or like when we're translating like stories from hundreds, thousands of years ago, like how much is lost that we just have, there's no way for us to have the context to get the references. Like, you know, who, who knows like what in the Odyssey is a reference to like some comedic play that everybody at the time knew, but nobody nowadays is going to get, you know? Right. Well, and, and that's why obviously I think smart adapters, you know what I mean? Uh, understand like 
that they need to take what is more universal mm-hmm. and that's what gets translated or there if you're if you're really clever you sort of are able to find an equivalent right rather than insisting upon this is the old joke and i feel like sometimes and and goodness knows i i adore gene wilder but i do feel like his sensibilities sometimes were sort of stuck in a very specific type of comedy yeah yeah and i think that speaks to what you were talking about how like after a certain point nothing was sort of successful and that it seems strange because mm-hmm. he's created such up to that point he created really iconic films yeah and so well, you would think he would have had more longevity while he was alive and active yeah as as an actor but he didn't after a certain point which is very strange yeah but i looked it up and he was born in 33 so by 91 he would have been pushing 60 and that also means that when when they were filming and when young frankenstein was released in 74 he he was like you know what i can do whatever i want i'm fucking 41 so (laughs) wow that was all for that, wasn't it? it was, <laughs> I just got, got, got. No, it. I just it just came to me when I looked up his birthday just now. I was like, he's forty one. I got to say it. Next episode, we're talking about twenty twenty two's the blackening. So be sure to check that out. And as always, you can follow us on social media on Facebook at Danger Explosion Presents Head Cannon on Instagram at Headcanon Pod on Twitter at Horror Movie Pod, and you can always follow the subreddit r slash Horror Movie Pod. But we do, I got to get going, so I want to wrap this up. Do you guys have a, a headcanon you want to put forth, or I can give mine? Whoever wants to go first, doesn't matter to me. I'll do it. Brent. Okay. So, I've got an idea for, like, a an afterwards scene. The creature tries to be more Italian, and he gets a job at a pizza place, uh-huh. but he eventually owns. he eventually owns it. He owns the pizza place. And he fights for the business when the mafia comes to shake him down. And I thought that, like, the mafia guys, the henchmen would come in and then, like, they would part. They would, they would like, they would, like, part, like, the sea, sea for Moses. And, like, in would walk De Niro in, like, a full, like, Italian, like, Italian, like, expensive suit, but in his Frankenstein makeup. And then they would, like, have, and then, wait, yeah, and then they would fight. Then they would, they would fight each other. I would watch the shit out of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> it would be amazing. I want, Frankenstein. It's my new favorite movie, and I haven't even seen yeah, it. Yeah, I, I legitimately want to see Frankenstein versus the mob. <laughs> right. the, the sequel that never was but should have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all watched there. We all missed out. <laughs> right, right. Forget the bride of Frankenstein. I want to see Frankenstein versus yeah. the mob. <laughs> awesome. well, I, don't, I don't know how to top that head. <laughs> do you do you have a headcanon or do you want me to go? I mean, mine obviously is going to somehow connect Wonka right. to to Frodrick mm-hmm. because I can't seem to hear anything else when I hear Gene Wilder's voice. Right. And and so I feel like and, and I feel like it's it's entirely possible, right? He's already in Europe. 
you know what I mean? And like, he's already sold off the factory to like this kid kind of thing. Like what else does he have to do? He could have like, it's sort of like a witness protection program sort of thing where he just goes and then he gets like mistaken for like the, the son of Victor or the grandson of Victor Frankenstein or Frankenstein. And he just goes with it. <laughs> you know what I mean, and, and that kind of thing. Or it could even—it doesn't even have to be after. It makes fact. a candy for <laughs> It's before. It's before he becomes Wonka. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and then, yeah. and then that's that sort of thing. And it's like the the monster transfer, like, uh, you know, Pavlovian thing is still happening to him, and he's like, I'm going to become a world famous chocolatier, <laughs> and like that's Whoa. what he does. So oh. it actually like. The Wonka thing occurs after. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe after the whole Frankenstein debacle, he gets approached by a representative from his maternal grandfather, and his other grandfather was a famous chocolatier, and he's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> exactly. My grandmother's work was doo doo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mother's maiden name was Wonka. <laughs> well, she hyphenated. <laughs> Wonk- I'm trying to keep up with the joke and I can't. I'm like, how else do you say Wonka? Wa- wa- <laughs> oh, it's, it's actually it's actually Wonka. <laughs> that's right. It's actually Wonka. <laughs> yeah. No, she hyphenated. That's the joke. That's the joke. It sounds the exact same. Yeah. It's, we go. it's Wonka. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> you also say Wonka. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's how I said it. That's what it is. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, my my head cannon is real simple. It's just the zipper on the side of Frankenstein's neck they put on there. That's just where he keeps his stash. Is is in the zipper, <laughs> just in his neck zipper. That's where okay. he keeps change for the parking meter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's my that's my whole uh, that's my whole head cannon. <laughs> I love it. So, all right, well, I have to go make dinner for my family. He keeps, like, a giant condom for his Schwanschlin, whatever they called it. <laughs> yeah, his Schwan... What, what did, what did she call it? Schwanzenwaffer or something? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, thank you for joining us, Nicole. Is there anything else yeah. you want to you wanna leave us on or, or leave the people with before we go? Uh, no. Um, She's like, I don't yeah. want to be affiliated with this at all. <laughs> <laughs> you're like i don't want to be affiliated with this at all right uh, yeah no uh no don't 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 find me don't come looking for me well, you'd have i guess 12 less followers maybe if, if you did. so don't worry about it you can plug whatever you want <laughs> awesome all right well thank you nicole for joining us it's good to talk to you thank you everyone for listening good to talk to you guys good seeing you again yeah 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 thank yeah. you this has Had been a great time. We'll Head Kid. <laughs>